They said it couldn't be done. Independence was impossible. Through fear-mongering and other forms of negative rhetoric, they made you give up on your dreams. Well now, it's time. To prove them all wrong. It's time to blow up the system and change the world. And we've got the man who did it. Broadcasting from studios in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Outliers. Here's your host, visionary and founder of Fedora Outlier LLC, Vashon Jones. Hey, what's up everybody? It's Vashon Jones, visionary of Fedora Outlier LLC. And this particular interview was a good one. It was one that I've always uh, wanted to do since the passing of Bill Holly. Um, R.I.P. Bill, and um, I get to interview his wife, Gwendolyn Holly, about Bill's legacy, and so we split this into two parts, and here's part number one. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. How are you? I am better than excellent. Excellent. Very good news. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So, you know, for me, this is like interviewing Coretta Scott's King or someone like that, right? No. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, uh, just one of those interviews where you, you just want to capture the moment and get the essence of, um, Bill, um, I don't even know where to where to start. Uh, 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 number one, we're, we're live. Um, we're here with is it Gwendolyn the full the full name? Yes. Okay, mm-hmm. Gwendolyn Holly. Gwendolyn Holly. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. Um, mm-hmm. Widow of uh, Mr. Bill Holly. Um, Bad credit window image. Definitely a legend, <laughs> and that's the uh, the computer talking. That's the the computer talking. Um, so let's let's jump in, Miss Holly. We have um, where did, where did you guys first meet? Tell us about how you and, and Bill first met. <laughs> well, <clears throat> that was a very long time ago, and um, <laughs> he was with. Um, he was he was working in DeKalb County, mm-hmm. and I met him his his work there. But uh, you know, met him, liked him, and uh, he went off to Texas with his uh, with with the young woman he was married to then. Mm-hmm. And a few years later, he came back to Georgia and alone, and it just worked out that. You know, we were compatible, and, and we wanted to kind of have a life together. Mm-hmm. And and so we started off on this on this little path together. And uh, just ended up where we did. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so young love. It yeah, it wasn't it wasn't easy. We both uh, had been through some really bad times mm-hmm. with other relationships and decisions we made and <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. And so we we had to learn how to how to trust each other and how to depend upon each other and those kinds of things. Mm. And uh it 
I mean, it was a, a work in progress. We were still working on it when he passed. But, <laughs> all those yeah. years later. All those years later. <laughs> yeah, we were together for like uh, 29, 20, what was my son? We were married for like 27 years, mm-hmm. and we were together for almost 30. Mm. Mm. So we we had we had quite a quite a span of years together, and I was I was really, you know, it was a blessing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's the kind of blessing that you look back on and say, well, you know, I had that. It it, it uh, I prayed for that. Mm-hmm. I prayed for for God to send me mm-hmm. who He would have me who who He would want me to be with, mm-hmm. and. Um, over and over again through the years, it just it just proved that you know we were we were kind of meant to be together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> I had great respect for him. Um, I supported him in, in whatever way I could for however long I could, and um, <laughs> it, it was, it was <laughs> and that means sometimes you said Bill I ain't doing that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. Every now and then, I, I would have to say, uh-uh. Right, <laughs> right, right. Uh, so let's step uh, step out for a Go second. Ahead. So 29 years, 30-plus years together, I've only been married for what's uh, on the 16th of April to be one year exactly and together about seven and a half years. Um, what would be advice that you would give to um, people that are newly wed and um, starting on their marital journey? Um, just that, you know, understand that every day is not going to be uh, a good day. You mm. know, some days are going to be rougher than others. But uh, if you communicate with each other, mm-hmm. if if you really have a desire for your life to be good together and you're going to keep working toward that end. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the, one of the things I, I most appreciate Bill is that, you know, he defended me when I needed to be defended, mm-hmm. um, whether it was family or, or whomever it was, uh, his, his staunch reply to people who might have, something to say to him about me or something they felt that he should come back and tell me he would say hey that's my wife mm-hmm. and i'm not going to say anything to her about that you know i don't tell her what to do mm. and and i was the same same way about him you know if if, uh, if my family didn't appreciate because i had a son prior to marrying bill mm-hmm. uh if they didn't appreciate his his way of discipline and i would say well you know this man takes care of this boy. He um, he he clothes him. Mm. He he puts a roof over his head. He puts food in his in his stomach. He is not uh, a, a, an abuser. Mm-hmm. He's never been that. And what if he tells Omari to do something? It is because it needs to be done. And he needs to do it what he's told to do. So I think that you know over the years my family came to respect that as they as they uh, allowed themselves to know Bill mm-hmm. because he he wasn't trying to hurt anybody he was just here to to make them better 
And, uh, you know, my son, he's 37 today, and, you know, he looks back over the years that he spent with his stepdad, and, and he calls, he says, that's my dad. That's the only dad I ever had. Mm. And he has ways <laughs> like him, and, you know, he he, he dresses like Bill. You know, <laughs> he takes the same kind of care with his clothing as Bill did, and he remembers lessons that Bill taught him. Wow. My younger son, mm-hmm. it was like when Bill passed, it was like he lost his rudder. Mm. But um, not so much so that he, you know, he went off of a path. He was very hurt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But he said, you know, that, that was who I talked to mm-hmm. when I needed a man to talk to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I know they they had lots of talks that didn't include me, and you know <laughs> that was that was good because he was he was dad, he was father. Mm. Mm. So I I just wish that a lot more people could have known that side of him mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than did. Right. Yeah, but I I think in, in a relationship, uh, communication is key. And sometimes you just have to try to understand where another person is coming from and what their journey has been. Right. 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 Yeah. So, man, you touched on on, on so much there. You said your son Amari? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same way with my father. Um, he came into my life at seven, and, you know, we haven't looked back since. And um, that's crazy. So Bill was a sharp dresser, huh? <laughs> yes, Bill. Uh, I'm telling you, it took me a week to get Bill's clothes sorted and mm. packing some of them. I gave to uh, family members, and, and some of them I I donated to the Kidney Foundation. And um, some things I couldn't part with because I just wasn't ready to let them go. Mm. But yeah, he he loved clothes and. <laughs> Our dry cleaners was always always happy to see him coming because he was going to spend anywhere from 150 to 200 bucks a month to keep those things maintained. Wow! Uh, now let yeah, me tell you something. Yeah. I'm a dry clean person, but my bill is fifty, sixty, <laughs> maybe on the high end. That's what I'm dumping all my winter stuff in, and I'm not gonna get it until next winter. <laughs> so, hundred yeah, and fifty, man. Are- he was putting it in. You are a lightweight. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, he went up a lot of places and he did a lot of things. Absolutely. And um, and um, he always wanted to represent well. Wow. You know, whatever he was doing. And so he he really, he had really had a passion for clothes and fashion. Uh, I don't know how he ended up with a woman that just didn't, didn't worry about it too much. <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, we just kind of, after a time, we just kind of accepted each other for where we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, of course, I've always wanted to do this interview, but what really sparked it, I was talking to Jerry Tony, and um, I was telling her that I, I wanted to call and, and, and get you to do the interview. And, um, you know, she said people didn't understand Bill. 
And I'm thinking, right. I understood him. He, he was speaking my language. You know, right. one of the things that he was talking about one time was orientation, orientation and mobility. He said, it's good for somebody to teach you how to walk around the house, cross the street and all that stuff. He said, I want to move, you know, in a stadium full of 50,000 people. And I'm like, man, you know, we can do that. You can do that for sure. And so yeah. the misunderstanding of Bill, what he, this visionary, because that's exactly what he what he was, you know, how do you one deal with the visionary, somebody that sees the future when you can't? And then two, why do you think Bill was so uh, misunderstood? Well, understand that Bill is not was not a native southerner. Mm-hmm. He was uh, raised in the north, and they in the north, like it, like it or not, uh, people have a very different way of walking. And not that they haven't gone through some of the things that we have gone through in the south, mm-hmm. but if if somebody didn't like you in the city, they're and if they let you know they don't like you, at least you know where that person is coming from. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Wow. And I think that that Bill much preferred people to uh, be honest with him, mm-hmm. and. Uh, but at least give him a hearing. And sometimes people looked at him, you know, here he was six foot three, a very dark skinned man. And, you know, he he wasn't going to sugarcoat things for people. Mm. And, and and it was just very hard for them to deal with. Um, Long time ago, uh, Bill was going on up to a college to uh, in, uh, in Marietta. He was uh, going there to talk about Big Brothers Big Sisters, who he worked for at the time. Mm -hmm. And on the way there, his car broke down. And he was, I mean, he was really worried because he didn't want to be late. Mm -hmm. And um, he he couldn't get there. The car just wouldn't do anything. And so he said he started walking. (laughs) And uh, this was in the... This would have been in the uh, early 1990s. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, this white couple stopped and asked him, they said, they seen the car and knew he was walking. He was, you know, he was dressed nice. And they stopped and asked him, could they help? And he told them his car had broken down, but he wasn't so worried about that right now. Right that minute, he was trying to get to his college. And they said, well, we'll, we'll take you there. And so he climbed in the back seat, and they started engaging with him and talking to him. And he said, actually, they had a nice introduction to each other, nice visit. And he said when they got there, the man told him that um, he felt the need to tell him that when they first saw him walking, they were afraid to pick him up mm-hmm. because he was so tall and <laughs> he was dark. And they just, everything within them told them, no, you know, that that's a bad idea. And he said, but then at the same time, another voice said, no, you need to pick him up. Mm-hmm. Pick him, stop and pick him up. And he said, I'm so glad that I listened to that voice because you are a very delightful person. And so I think in a lot of instances, he had such a blunt way of speaking sometimes that people just didn't want to hear that. 
Um, and if you if people can't see what you see, they they more than like they're not going to listen to you. They even come to resent you. Mm-hmm. Because the things he did, I don't. I think he did because it was within him to be a giving person. I mean, I'm not saying he didn't like recognition. Mm-hmm. Everybody likes a little recognition. Right. But when he was working to try to help make people's lives better, it it frustrated him that that people were acting in their own interest mm. rather than the interest of the whole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, and I think that's that's um, I think that was a a lot of his struggle. He just sometimes, and I and I would tell him sometimes that you know sometimes people are just not ready to hear. Mm-hmm. You know, so maybe it will just behoove you to just let them go on the path that if they're bound and determined to go on that path. Sometimes you have to let people loose, let them go. They'll come back, and they will see later what you were talking about. But, you know, by that time, you could move yourself on. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, it, surprisingly, I didn't think he was listening to me. But he came back a little while later and said, you know, you, you have a point. And, and I, have to, I have to learn when to back off of people. And and so he would do that. But if you were coming to him and you were trying to do something that was he knew was morally wrong, was spiritually wrong, mm-hmm. oh, he wasn't having that. He he was not going to have that. Uh, he didn't care how the relationship ended up. Hmm. He was not. He was not consciously going to do the wrong thing. He was not going to betray people. He was not doing what he did for the money. You know, he did it because it needed to be done. And that's the true sign of a leader. You know, a leader does it because it needs to be done. Right. Right. Wow. I agree with that. Yeah. So Jerry Tony has always been on uh, his side and, and Robin Oliver. Do you know how those relationships became to be so cemented in, you know, his plight? throughout um, the stuff that he did with them? I, I, you know, um, I know that he knew, he heard of Robin, and he heard that where she was, where she was working, she wasn't being, she wasn't being compensated appropriately. Mm-hmm. And um, he had a need, he wanted to see his, the agency grows that he wanted multiple choices to grow. And he thought it would be great if he could get somebody in his office to teach Braille and she could bring in her own, own money, you know, through Mm. the agency and she could become more independent than she was, she was being, than she was able to be where she was working. So he called her up and uh, he talked to her. And I, I really don't know how many times he talked to her. I don't know if it was one time or over a course of time. Knowing Robin, if he he probably made several calls to her. But she he talked to her into coming here, someplace where she had no family, um, where she had to learn to be independent in the community. And... Uh, 
I mean, I would see Robin walking down the street, and it was like she she had always walked up and down those sidewalks going to the grocery store or going to work, getting off the bus and going to work. Mm-hmm. It was like she'd always done it. And, and um, But I think his faith in her, in her ability to uh, to do what she's doing, really drove that relationship. And, you know, he they would have some heated exchanges. <laughs> but uh, thank God, you know, they were friends. And so those heated exchanges, were just kind of folded into the relationship and it went on. And and same thing with Jerry. Um, Jerry um, worked, I think she may have been on the board of Monthly Choices at the same time Bill was. Mm-hmm. And then when uh, uh, Peggy Chavis became engaged and was uh, going to get married and move out to Texas with her, with her soon-to-be husband, they wanted Bill to kind of step into to that role. And he didn't know about it. You know, he I know he prayed and he struggled about it, whether or not he wanted to do that or, you know, whether uh, his dreams and goals were leading him in another place. Mm-hmm. But I think he went there more because he felt he was needed. The agency, um, they didn't have much money. Mm-hmm. Couldn't offer him very much in in forms of of a salary, and and that would represent a challenge to somebody like Bill. Mm. Okay, so he brought that agency in in the nine and a half years that he was there. He brought that agency from um, or ten years he was there. He brought it from fledgling to uh, you know almost a, a million dollar agency. Mm. He was working. I mean, he he just had such vision. A lot of it, a lot of things about him and his work. You know, he would talk to me about it all the time. Mm-hmm. But I, 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 when he when he became blind, um, and I was uh, became his, you know, his chauffeur fur, and sometimes his eyes, as he would say, "I need your eyes." <laughs> um, <laughs> he would. Uh, I would just look at how he operated with people. And there were things that, that he tolerated, that he put up with, that I did not ever have the capacity to do that mm-hmm. and still do. Um, he became very active in the, in the International Alliance Club. And at a time when that club did not have very many minority uh, people of color, mm-hmm. Um, in the, in the United States. Now, other places in Africa, in India, Sri Lanka, <laughs> you know, all kinds <laughs> of other places, they 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 embraced that diversity because they they were people of color themselves. Mm-hmm. But here, it was a different story. And some of the old time folk, so you know, they weren't about that change. And um. I I asked him over and over again, why are you doing this to yourself? But he had a mentor, a gentleman by the name of Bob Robinson. Hmm. And Bob said, it's just, and I'm not going to use the kind of uh, <laughs> right. language that Bob used, but Bob was a down-to-earth man. 
and he just told it like it was, whether it involved cuss words or not. Mm-hmm. And he he came down here from from the steel mills, um, and when those kind of went bust, he he came south. And he worked for the University of Georgia for quite a few years, but he and Bill were the most unlikely of friends. I mean, here's this older white man who uh staunch Republican hmm. didn't didn't uh honey Fox News was in Bible. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. <laughs> and here's this this black man who who didn't believe in the things that Republicans believed in. Mm-hmm. Who who uh I mean he was just and Bill was analytical on every level, politics, whatever. But but these two just hit such a chord with each other. And so Bob told him, I want to see you become district governor of this region. And he said, Bob, you must be out of your mind. <laughs> do you know what these people would do to me to, to make sure that didn't happen? Mm-hmm. And he said, I don't give a GD what mm-hmm. they do. But you are a good man. And, and and you are thinking men and you are educated and you deserve to have that honor. Mm. If I could have it, there's no reason that you shouldn't have it. And so he told me finally, because they tried to get me to join the Lions and I'm not very much of a group person, so I was always like, no, no, no. Mm-hmm. But when Bill started his run for that office, Bob said, tell Gwen that she has to come with you. She, Her face needs to be seen. They need to know who she is. They need to see your wife with you. And Bill said, well, I'll talk to her, but, you know, I don't know if, if she's willing to do that. Mm-hmm. So Bob calls. Gwen, Bob Robinson. <laughs> <laughs> and so he began to explain to me the importance of my presence mm-hmm. with my husband. And he said, you don't have to join the organization, but I do need you to be with him. I do need people to see that, you know, you and Bill have a strong relationship and he has a good marriage. And I I just need them to see that. And so I I reluctantly agreed. Well, the first trip we took was up in the mountains (laughs) (laughs) of northeast Georgia. Oh, my Lord. Mm -hmm. And... They were voting that day for the second district, uh, like the person who would be like, there's a district governor, governor there's a first district governor, and there's a second. Mm-hmm. And he was running for a second, wh- which would put him on a line to become district governor. Mm-hmm. And um, they would not vote for him. Mm. They didn't vote for him. And several people knew that the vote had had fallen upon racial lines. Mm-hmm. Bob was incensed. Bill was he, he was a little quiet. He wasn't surprised. He was he wasn't so much hurt. Mm-hmm. It just kind of went like he expected it to go. Mm-hmm. And so they said to him, um, Bob, he was raising sand all the way down the road down those mountains. 
I finally asked him, I said, Bob, do you want me to drive? Because he was kind of weaving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. those embankments were really, really steep. And he was like, no, I'm going to drive the car. And Bill Holly is going to be district governor of this region. I don't care who doesn't like him. Mm-hmm. He's capable. He's this. He's that. And he, he just went on. I was like, okay, okay, okay. I said, but yeah, the change might come to this region, but, eh, you know, <laughs> I don't know if it'll come with Bill. So he said, there's no reason why it can't. Well, the next thing we knew, one of the, the, the men who had been uh, voted in as the mm-hmm. second district governor called in to say that um, he was going to have, his mother was ill and he was going to have to, uh, you know, be assisting his mother. And so he couldn't, he couldn't commit to the time it, it required for him to do that. Mm-hmm. And so automatically that made Bill the next in line. Mm. But I don't, I think that uh, Bob Robinson called in his favors. I think he, he, he was, what do you call people who, who he was, uh, he was a true mentor mm-hmm. to be along with being his friend. He was a true mentor. And um, sadly, um, he died before um, Bill was, was made it to district governor. Mm. But we always we always said that you know he was he was right there. His in spirit, he was right there with Bill. He became the uh, you know along those lines uh, of Bill running in in, in that arena. Um, Bob became his. Uh, he he sat on the board of directors of multiple choices. He became his um, uh, president of the of the board, the chairman of the board. And and if Bill if he needed Bill to know something, he went in. He pulled up a chair, and he he told him whatever it was he felt he needed to know. He told him, and he didn't sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. And I think that Bill really appreciated that. And plus the fact, he had a great respect for Bill. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't because he was a big, tall black man. It was because he was a man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. A, a true man. Yeah. Um, so he he become district governor. Mm-hmm. And it traveled all over the state of Georgia. You know, <laughs> more and more lions uh, got used to the idea of, of people of color being among them. Mm-hmm. And learned that it wasn't the great taboo that they that they had been taught and trained that it was. Mm. And you know, some people never changed, but the majority of people were ready for that change. And I, I don't, I can't think of a better human being than Bill that they uh, they could uh, that would usher them into to to that newness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's funny you mentioned it. I was going to say um, two words in an acronym. One was racism. The other one was ignorance. And then, of course, he was a, um, you know, a member and um, then the president of the Georgia Council. How did he deal with overt or covert 
racism? How how was that kind of talked about in your household when it came to Bill and his moves that he wanted to make for the people? Well, I don't I don't really think that he got to do everything he wanted to do um, because there there was if I if I may say I think that was worse than what he experienced with the Lions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that he wasn't really well, and I didn't mm-hmm. want him stressing about that. But he wanted so much for that organization mm-hmm. to grow to be responsible, to be fiscally responsible. Um, He put a lot of things in place that people didn't like. They didn't, some people didn't like that they no longer had access to funds that they used to have access to. Um, Some things Bill did for the organization, he didn't even, I mean, he paid for out of his pocket. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I know once one weekend we were traveling and he had to do a uh, he had to do a, a, a conference call <laughs> and it was supposed to be with the board which I think it's called the, is it the board mm-hmm. the officers mm-hmm. and it was it was supposed to be with them they but other people had joined in the call and and Although they weren't supposed to do it for that particular call, he said, well, you know, it's okay if you're here, just stay and whatever. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember now what the issue was because I ended up getting very sidetracked because one of the women called him a black SOB mm. on the phone. And, of course, I was ready to, to, to stop <laughs> the car and point it in the <laughs> in that direction, uh, I dare you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, he just—he uh, didn't say anything. He just called executive session, and that way, those persons who weren't and who were not officers had to get out of the call. Mm-hmm. And um, I begged him after that. To not be to not bother with that organization again because I told him I can't I can you may find a way to tolerate that I cannot tolerate that mm-hmm. because that is highly disrespectful the majority of people voted for you to be president of that organization you've done some really good things in helping them you have used your own private funds to help them advance um they are used to doing things the way they are used to doing it. They don't. They don't respect you as a man. You know, sometimes you just have to walk. Mm-hmm. But he didn't. And uh, but things. It was always that was always more contentious than even dealing with the Lions Club. Mm-hmm. It was awful, awful. And for people that had a. Uh, a different types of abilities who were blind and more, more than blind physically, they were, they were blind mentally. So we talked a lot about that and it, I was always trying to console him and, and trying to strengthen him. But 
I didn't want him to be hurt. All of my, all of my maternal instincts <laughs> were at the forefront, and but you know he insisted on on, on finishing his tenure, and then after that he just he just kind of walked away. It, you know it was enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the sad and, thing is yeah. they're still in the same position that they were when he left it. Yes, mm-hmm. and they could do so much. So so much further down the road, but you know sometimes people prefer what I call a small pond, mm-hmm. and uh, instead of having the the whole ocean yeah. to maneuver in, because that way it's about them and they and they can maintain control. Right. For Bill for Bill Holly, the organization was never about him. Right. For Bill Holly. The organization was all about people who were differently able, who who society marginalized, and who had every right to 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 every expectation that any other American had. Mm-hmm. And he was about making that happen. Now they didn't like that he was forthright and that he was going he was going to say what needed to be said when it needed to be said. But, you know, if you didn't like it, all you had to do was try to sit, sit down with him and have a conversation about it. Mm-hmm. And, he, I mean, you would have had a better understanding of who he was. Every job he ever had was a service job, serving other people. Even when he did uh, substitute teaching, at one point, you know, he, he found a way to reach, reach, his kid, reach the kids that, were unreachable. You know, he he went out in Cincinnati. He went out into those kids' neighborhoods and uh, found out who their relatives were. And played basketball with them, and and, and, uh, and then in the, during the course of that, oh, you are so and so teacher. Yeah, how's he doing in school? Oh, he has some little problems with so and so, so and so, and you know, he talked back and da 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 da. Oh, really? Well, he won't be talking back when you when you see him again. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and those kids really responded to him and really loved him. So I just I kind of feel sorry for the people who treated who treated him poorly in the organization because they lost. Mm-hmm. Well, ultimately, he wasn't the one who. He wasn't the one who lost. They they lost out. Mm-hmm. So I, I hope that, that even they learned something from that. Yeah. I know that we did. Yeah, yeah. So how did Bill lose his sight, and when did he lose his sight, and how was that? Were you, you there for that transition of being able to see and then not? And Yeah. <laughs> um, when he was 40, 49, 49, 45, wow. he was diagnosed with uh to be diabetes, and so his uh, vision loss was directly attributed to the di- to the diabetes. He wasn't able to for a lot of years. He wasn't able to um, get control over it, over the over the disease, and it was tragic watching him. Move from being totally independent and able to, you know, 
go and see about his business, drive his cars, you know, come home late, go to where he, wherever he needed on his own thing. It was it was hard to for him to deal with at times, but I think he just kept going. He went through what he had to go through. He went through the mourning period. He he you know he fought the good fight and. We just, over time, learned to adjust. And it, it wasn't always, it wasn't always, <laughs> easy, you know, I can't keep going against it. You know, mm-hmm. it, like it wasn't fair. It wasn't good. But in, in doing that, he also told me once that he, uh, he also learned what other people go through. Mm-hmm. Not vision, so it made him a stronger, a stronger leader. But even at that, uh, people still said well, he wasn't disabled enough. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Not enough. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm. You're blind, but, you know, you, really, you haven't been blind all your life, so. Right. So it's, it's, it's always something, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm finding. It's, I'm finding. <laughs> yeah, it, it's always something. So you're never gonna be enough of this, that, and all. But he, he was okay. But I know he still wished he could have. But I thank God for all those times that that I drove him places mm-hmm. and sat and waited on him or listened to him speak. A lot of people don't get that. They don't get to have that kind of intimacy with with their spouse, mm-hmm. and and I got to do that, and it was. I think it made us a, a stronger, stronger companion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, all the stuff that you're talking about, even the lions, um, I just got introduced to them and I'm like, wow, this resource, this hundred year tradition, this multi, the largest nonprofit in the world is here to be our night. And only thing I've ever heard about the lions is they gave us $500. They gave us a thousand dollars. And <laughs> you're not looking at the resources. I'm in our lions club. The mayor of the whole city is the oldest member. Yeah. How many organizations do you get to shake hands with the mayor? <laughs> and the meetings no, last an hour and 30 minutes of it is eating. I'm like, this is efficient. <laughs> this is you know, black and white. This is hierarchy. I'm like, man, they raised $38,000 over a weekend just doing a fair because they could shut down the city because the mayor is, you know, alliance and have vendor tables. And imagine raising 40000 in one day. And, you know, we got organizations don't have $4. We got organizations got the same 60,000 that they had for the last 20 years, you know, and and so it's amazing. Um, Of course, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, all the the racism and the, you know, they want to hold you back. They don't understand it. They, you know, all of this stuff. And I had a chance to just sit down and, and talk to Bill. He was, you know, always called me. I just never knew the essence of Bill. I never, you know, he was just, 
talk to me and I, I listen and, you know, he'll say, you're doing a good job. And I talk to Robert and you're doing a good job. And, you know, I need to invite you out to my office and we come out and we sit and talk and, and, um, you know, he's looking at this check. I think the check was like 169,000 and I'm like, and then you tell me, you know, he brings it to a million dollar organization and, you know, I'm just getting there. And, you know, so in, in that sense, it's like, I know I'm on the right path, you know, and Bill was, you know, my, my mentor, you know, one of the things he said, because he called me, say, when I became chairman of the coalition, he said, Vashon, I'm going to come to your meeting, but, you know, some things I need to work out, but I promise you I'm going to be there. And so we have it in Athens. He said, you know, I'm going to show up. And if you'll have me, I want to speak. And uh, he spoke and he said, the thing that we need to get back to is the family portion of dealing with our children mm-hmm. and really working um, as a unit to rear our children and to bring them up the way they should go and so it seems like with all the talking that you know he did with his and um the doing and leading by example it seemed like that was at the bedrock of you guys family what what is that like to um you know to raise children with integrity and polish and and um um, well, but you know, it's it's just like we had our struggles with our kids, and I I know with uh, with Bill's children that he had some other relationships because he was married several times. <laughs> but <clears throat> but you know, and some of those kids didn't truly they didn't really know who their father was until the day of his funeral mm. and they came when they came back to the house they told me that they were overwhelmed now we we were a lot closer well when bill and i got together his older children they were you know in their late teens and, and early 20s and, and and like that and um For whatever reason, they felt abandoned by him. But, you know, he kept trying and trying and trying up until the day he died to help them understand who he was. And everything that happens in a relationship, good or bad, I mean, it's not just one person. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's both of those people have input into that relationship. And even though my husband told me, you know, his side of things, at the time when we got together, I was mature enough to understand that that was, that's that's all that was, that was his side. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, There were, I knew that if there's another person involved, there's another side to that story. (laughs) But... For things that I saw him doing, you know, I didn't really trust him when when we first got together. When you, I, not like not like a wife should trust somebody. Mm-hmm. I was very very reserved about that, and, and as I learned, so was he, mm-hmm. because we've been burned 
so many times with our, with our own choices. Okay, we set ourselves up to be burned. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I, he, he, he made calls. One, the oldest daughter, she said when she lost her mother, she, she was thinking one day, what does it matter? All of that stuff that we, we call ourselves angry with him. This is my children's grandfather. Mm-hmm. They need to know him. Mm-hmm. And, and, and he always had a kind of relationship with them, but, you know, they would walk away mm-hmm. and, and, and be gone for maybe years at mm-hmm. a time. Mm-hmm. But uh, the kids, he loved he loved them, and I don't. I don't think they really. I don't know what you're gonna do with the interview, but I, I really don't <laughs> want a lot of this to to be a part of any of that. The production you are consuming is being brought to you by the team at Fedora Outlier LLC and the Teach Institute, founded Teach Institute. Hey, what's up, everybody? I grew up on Growing Pains, A Different World, all those uh, Cosby show uh, sitcoms or whatever they're called. And uh, I used to hate when I'm watching Good Times and it says to be continued. But um, I'm going to do it to you guys as I hated to have it done to me. And we got to be continued on this one for next week, because as you can see, I made a foobar, but I corrected it. And that's the most important part. You have to have courage to correct the mistakes that you made. And so you hear all about the mistake that was made and how it was corrected on next week's episode of Outliers with Gwendolyn Holly.